All right, welcome, youngsters. Uh, we're officially in season two, episode one. So we're re-rolling the numbers. We're gonna stop every year or every season's gonna be what fifty-two episodes. So we're back. We're to season two now. So anything you heard before this, just race from your mind. This is a new season. We got a new like storyline ready for you. So we'll kind of go every season as Steeler season, finishing up to the next one, if that makes sense. Because that's kind of where we started. So this is officially the last Sunday of this year without Steeler football, technically. Um, unless you're one of those people that doesn't count like training camp or anything like that, then whatever. Um, this comment might not be for you. So whatever. Uh, this is season two, episode one. Um, we got a little bit of growth from the beginning. We've we've grown. We've shown improvements. So round of applause to everybody. We've come a long way. Uh, we're short on our goal. We said 500 subs. We got, what, 472 or 372? 372. 372. 372. You know, but that's why you set goals. You shoot for the moon, but if you miss, you're going to end up among the stars. So uh, that's where we're at, I guess. Um, how you guys doing? Dan's already shaking his head for whatever reason. Um, I don't get it. I just don't get it. You, you never will. I'm doing like Sometimes right. you're not pleasing anybody, you know? Yeah, you're, you're just off the wall with uh, your one-liners. Just like yeah. in the group chat, and they said 2 o'clock works for me, and you asked AM or PM. Come on now. You're already asleep, tucked in, had your warm milk at 9 o'clock. You're already asleep. You're not up Actually, past Actually, I don't do the warm milk. I You're do not a spoonful of because apparently you sleep better. So then you, if you shoot for the moon and you land amongst the stars, I, come on now. We're better than that. I know you're a night Ryan, owl, so Ryan, I said we're AM or PM. You're going to stay up till 2 in the morning to record a podcast. If you want me to, I'd consider it. No, you would like, right, You got to go to work like, tomorrow. You know. you what time you got to wake up? Like seven. Yeah, see? Get your five hours of sleep. Yeah, I could I could do it. I wouldn't you know? do that to you. Yeah, you would. Let's let's be honest, you would. You talking <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'd like to say uh you know, start of season two. The mustache is coming in great for yeah, you. Yeah, she's pretty long there. Uh pretty thick, you know, that's about all I can grow. I got a little bit of something down here, but you know, don't look at that. But here, the stash. The stash is the main attraction. That's, that's the it. money maker. I I was actually last time I shaved it. Uh, I got some hate. I got some guff for it. And they told me to never shave it again. Um, Jordan Trackengosh, he he, uh, texted me. He was like, "If you ever shave your mustache again, I'll stop talking to you. I'll stop watching. Stop supporting you." So, um, yeah. you know, we can't lose any support. You know, that we already have. So I got to keep growing this thing out and. I gotta get some new wax to wax it up. Mine, mine expired, so. I just think it's once you have one, you can't go back. Yeah, they say Even there's. If you uh, have like a little bit of like stubble, I guess. Anytime I like get rid of it all, I rarely do that. But I just feel like I look like a clown, so like I just don't do it. You know. Yeah, they say like there's a five minute period. Like if you have a significant other and you end up shaving a mustache, and that's all you have, there's like a five minute period there where they're like who is this person? And then it starts growing on them. Like it grows on me, you know? So it's, it's something that, uh, I look, uh, how do you say like a baby when I shave everything? And it's not a good look. Yo, I'm, th I'm 30 years old. I got to look at least half decent, I guess. Look half my age. I guess I look like a 15 year old now with a mustache. 
So there's some other things that I say, but I won't say that on the pod. So I'll say it off pod. I'll let you guys know. Uh, Fair enough. I always say that, uh, no, you know, forget it. I'll say it. I always say that I look like I shouldn't be within 500 feet of a playground or an elementary school with this mustache. (laughs) So (laughs) I like to, I bust my own balls. Don't, don't bust mine. So. But, what about you, Andrew? What's new? We heard Dan and his facial hair woes. What about you? <laughs> Torn wedding venues. Knocked two of the four out. So got a couple the next few days. But I think we found the place we're going to go with. So that takes a lot of stress out. And, you know, a little Youngster's wedding. So, you know, that that's what I'm going to. I'm not going to tell Nicole, but that's what I'm going to call it. Um, <laughs> no, the place, I mean, real, real good price. They take care of all the decorations, everything's included with it. So it takes a lot of worry off us, but I think Ryan's going to get a kick out of the address. So, um, it's actually on Dick road, which is <laughs> number one. So I figured once you caught like a whiff of that, the jokes wouldn't stop from there. So partly, you know, it's convenient. The second part of why we chose it is Ryan would probably find the address hilarious. So, Yeah. Fairway Road, I thought was funny. It's like Moron Road or something, or something Road. It's like in New York. I saw it. It was like Moron or I don't know. I don't know something like that. But yeah, roads like that are funny to me. Um, yeah, so it's a good icebreaker. It's a good icebreaker for the wedding. You know, it's not going to be some like stuffy uppity affair. Like you know, I'm not the Dick Road. You know, make it right <laughs> and you're there. That's all you all you got to know. Yeah. I have been married. It'll be five years this year in September. So I will wow. tell you from experience, wedding venue and food are like the biggest like stresses about yeah. getting married. Everything else just kind of falls into place. Um, yep. So don't stress too much over it. Enjoy, enjoy the process, the process leading up to it, because when you ultimately end up getting married and you have your day, Everyone's there for the ceremony and that's all about you. But then everything after you realize when you're in the moment and it's yours, it, it's a party for everybody else. You got a bunch of other stuff you're dealing with and stuff. So what mm-hmm. I was told was enjoy the process and everything leading up to it and um, picking venues and the food and the cake and all that other stuff, your DJ, get your set song list and all that. So just enjoy yeah. that. Well, the, the nice thing about the venue, too, is this is like an adult episode, I feel like. I guess this isn't the normal <laughs> content. But they have, they, they have, like, one caterer they work with mm-hmm. that uh, Nicole's best friends worked with. So that's, you know, we already know who the caterer is going to be, and we don't have to worry about a cake. We're actually doing, like, a tier of donuts. Oh, so okay. Yeah. And going with the cake. Yeah. 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 We we're, did- we're keeping we did cake just for amanda and i and then just so like we could cut it together you know but then yeah. everything it was just the pittsburgh cookie table it was huge oh, yeah, you yeah. Know, my mother and my godmother well uh my mother's cousin uh a couple of her cousins just cookies out the wazoo man i had cookies forever and then my buddy bruno's mom made me baklava like a whole big ass tray of baklava i mean just I had I had too many cookies. I was eating them for uh, like the next six months. I was, I took them home, froze them, and stuff. Oh yeah, I took a bunch into work. Had a lot of cookies, and I think that's one of the best things about like Pittsburgh weddings is just a cookie table. Absolutely. 
Yeah, I got like the short end of the stick the one time. I think I drove Andrew and his buddies home from a wedding. From DJs. I and I suggested like, yeah, get me like a box of cookies. I'll be like, you know, the collateral. I said no fruit ones. And he opened the box. It's all like all fruit. <laughs> Worst ones. I was so angry. They, they weren't even good fruit ones. They were the horrible in, fruit. In my defense, I did not put that box of cookies together. That was Will Salem. So oh well. It was it was, it was deliberate then. Yeah. It was deliberate. Speak about Big yeah. Will. Excited to see him this weekend. Oh yeah. I haven't seen yeah, him in a while. Big weekend. Oh, I, I haven't seen him since DJ's bachelor party, I think. Really? Yeah, we'll text each other every now and again just to you know catch up and stuff. Um, but you, if you ever text Will, and if anybody out there has a friend like this, it kind of annoys me. He'll have a conversation for three texts, like boom, 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 and then won't text you back for like eight hours. And I'm like, what were we talking about? So I got to go reread what we were talking about because he'll send paragraphs, you know. So one pet peeve with Will is just he's not punctual when 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 texting back and forth just to try to catch up and stuff and but one yeah the one day we we're having a conversation eight days later i get a response he's like sorry i was in japan like you don't know what you don't know what he's doing he was over there for work and i'm like all right like i texted him back the one time and i sleep during the day so he he texted me that night or something like that so i texted him back and i was like oh, he's probably sleeping he got back to me at like eight o'clock in the morning i was yeah, I was still doing some stuff, so I texted him back. Didn't get a response to the next day. I was like, you you spent a whole day, like, this conversation is getting drug out. It's like a run-on sentence almost yeah. with, the, with the way that you don't respond, Will. But, hey, it is what it is. Yeah. He's, he's good to, you know, jag around with, especially, like, when there's alcohol involved. I remember for DJ's uh, bachelor party that... Uh, he showed up late down to Luke's when he was renting down there in Leechburg. And I iced him right right on Market Street. I was like, yep, drink it. You're late. So I'm sure there's going to be some icing involved and stuff like that. Yeah, and I'm I'm pretty sure I'm almost positive he'll never watch this episode. He probably never has watched one. So that's fine. I'm going to come with an exploding golf ball next Saturday, and it's going to be hilarious. Okay. I still got I still got some in the bag. I'm yeah. ready to roll with them. Oh yeah. Nice. Yeah, I'm I'm excited. It's gonna be a fun yeah. time. It's gonna be a fun day. Yeah. So do you guys want what do you guys want to get into first? I know that's a little bit of an intro, you know, talk and shop. Um you gonna go Buckos first since that's what's in season. We'll talk There's nothing else, nothing on the penguins. They haven't trade for Eric Carlson. Bit. That's the only thing. We can uh, knock that off real quick if you want. Yeah, but just you know, Ron, take it over with the pirates. You got your, you got the gear on. You're ready to roll. Uh, no, I just like that. This hat's like really comfortable. It's a, a lightweight. You know, it bends easy to your head. It's like it's like a cloud on your head. I don't know. That's why I wear it. But um, pirates. Before, before yeah. we get into the pirates talk, after we're you know we don't have much on sports. Nicole's best friend Kayla's here. She wants to come up and talk conspiracy theories with you, Dan. Oh, absolutely. I'm all in. I'm all right. All, I'm, all, I'm all in. So, Pirates, kind of a bad week. Uh, if we're counting Sunday, they lost Sunday to the Giants, finale of that series. Uh, dropped two out of three at home to the Guardians. The most important thing there was, I think that was Quinn Priester's debut, was against the Guardians. Yes. Yeah. Uh, seven earned runs. Uh, first three innings, he looked good. You know, he got like nine straight outs off ground balls. Uh, I don't know 
Andrew, you might be able to speak on this if he's a ground ball pitcher, he maybe. Is. He is. But yeah. well, there's a lot of contact, it looked like. But it wasn't hard contact, per se. But he, they were getting the outs. The defense was making the plays right. And then it just, the one blow up ending from him kind of, you know. Well, the, the first time through the order, he was mixing his pitches very well. You know, he was getting those ground balls. And then he started relying too much on his breaking ball. And that's when they started tattooing him. You know, he was giving up home runs. And, uh, you know, I'm putting 50-50 blame there. Priester looked good for, what, the first three innings, obviously. Started getting hit around. Had a shaky one. Yeah. Had a shaky one. You know, okay, it's a rookie. And then uh, my main gripe is, okay, you know, he's a rookie. He didn't mix his pitch as well. He understands that. He knows. You know, that's a learning learning thing for him. But for the manager, for Shelton to leave him in there and leave him out to dry, that was a bunch of bullshit. Yeah, and so, that's what ahead, pissed yeah. me Sorry. off because he comes out five, I would say strong innings. The first three, um, what was it? Nine consecutive outs, eight of them were <laughs> yeah. on the ground. Even that line drive was a soft hit line drive. It wasn't like a rope or anything. Goes out there into the fourth inning, I believe, and gives up three runs. Comes out in the fifth and doesn't give up any runs. I think right there, Shelton sees in the fourth inning he's getting tattooed. You got to set him down, keep his confidence high. You he only gives up three runs at that point. Don't let him come out for the sixth inning at all because he's young. First time up here, mm-hmm. he he had the confidence because he went the first time through the order, was setting guys down. Uh, nobody reached base. I mean, you, you had three perfect innings. Yeah, um, and then it was low pitch count. I understand that, but. Mm-hmm. He was on one day or two days rest because he pitched one inning in AAA, but was hit with a uh, a comebacker in the calf. So they sat him down and then ended up telling him he's coming up. I think it's it's on Derek Shelton. Just like uh, I'm just gonna jump yesterday when um, was it yesterday or the day before when oh, it was the day before the first game against the Angels. Um, Oviedo really didn't have it there in. Um, was that the fifth the inning? Fifth, fifth or, fifth or fifth. sixth inning? Yeah. You got to sit him down. I don't care. You got to be unconventional. I've even said it. I think it's on Eric Shelton. Doesn't know how to manage this team. He doesn't know when to bring guys in, mm-hmm. when to set, shut guys down, who, who, to, who to bring in. It, it's, and it's tough because I'm just going to say this. When you hit four home runs off of Shohei Otani and you still lose that game, there's something wrong. And the thing that was wrong was Eric Shelton mismanaged that game. Yeah, and look what he did yesterday. He used an opener, and it worked perfectly. Mm-hmm. That was a bullpen game, but I'll move on. I still want to touch on the Priester start and all that. Do you guys think that – I I agree uh, Priester should have been out. You know, rookie guy. Um, just get your feet wet and before things – like all hell breaks loose. Hey, if he even went four innings, I would have been like, okay, like he got his feet wet. Three of those mm-hmm. innings were solid. You had a four, three, maybe got knocked around for four runs a little bit. But that's why we have a couple of those bullpen guys in there to help you out. Um, if you're a manager, you need to be more prepared for that, especially if it's a debut with a rookie pitcher like that. However, do you guys think that Shelton is that ignorant? Or is this a way of like getting back at the fans and putting us in our place and saying, hey, this is what you guys wanted. But like, you got to watch this now. We're going to have you get 11 runs hung on you by the Guardians. Do you think that was kind of... Hey, I'm going to slap you guys in the face. I'm the manager. It's what you want here. You're going to have it. I would say no. It's not, I think he's just that ignorant because mm-hmm. at the end of the day, you're still trying to manage this team. 
um, and keep your job, it, then that's the most important thing. And if if he is so blind to the noise or, or deaf to the noise already about the whole um, hedges thing, you know, oh, I don't know why they're booing him, blah blah blah. Then he's 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 deaf to the noise of oh, we we want Quinn Quinn Priester. It's not his decision to get him called up anyway. So. I mm-hmm. wouldn't. I just think that he is so out of touch on how to win games, in conventionally or unconventionally. It doesn't matter. I just think that he's so out of touch with it and can't manage this team. Yeah, I I think that extension might have been like a jump of the gun, you know, especially for a franchise like the Pirates. Uh, we've seen it before. Um, you know, a hot start doesn't mean anything until you finish the season. I think they should have given it at least past the all-star break before they made that decision. Um, I still think that the future for the pirates is bright. Um, I really wish they would be in a better spot right now, even uh, record wise. uh, It's kind of a shame. Honestly, I wouldn't care if they're fifth in the division. I just want to see progress from year to year. And I think right now they're only two games better than they were last year. So that's kind of, you know, a big, I'd say step back. You got to think Cruz is missing, but how many games would he honestly, you know, improve the team by winning? You know, I'd say at most five or six. What's his war? Is it war? War? Wins above your replacement. I know like that all shuffle, you know, players have been all shuffled around. The middle infield's been horrible all year. Uh, the only thing you really would have to worry about right now is second base if Cruz was still there. But, you know, they'd still have the growing pains out in the outfield. You see Henry Davis misplaying balls. Uh, I was listening to the radio on the way home from I don't know where, and it was just the most insane sequence of events. It was like ball over Henry Davis's head. Oh, it bounced over his glove. And then two seconds later, he's like, oh, he threw it about 30 yards past the second base. But, you know, that's going to come with it. But it's not just Cruz's injury. So, like, that's obviously the biggest one. Brian Reynolds is clearly not healthy. He has that back, you know, some sort of upper body injury that's affecting his swing. Cabrian Hayes has not been healthy. And then you look at the pitching rotation. Like, I was not high on Vince Velasquez, but he had some good starts. He gets hurt. Yarlene Garcia, who's supposed to be the five starter, gets hurt. I don't know if he's ever even pitched for them this year. He's still been on the injured list. You know, you had relievers going in and out. So, and that just, yeah, that all piled on. That goes back to it just, this just blows my mind of how the Pirates always seem to have players that are hurt or no, that continuously get on the IL or, you know, the 10 day whatever list. How's your training staff that bad? And, you know, like, you got to put on the training staff. I know I've said this last year too, how often like our star players are hurt. And I think even G man Choi being out what yeah. half the season, probably that puts mm-hmm. a lot of weight on Santana. He's like Santana has to be an everyday player. He probably thought, Hey, I'm going to play half the year, relax, you know, just get the bat here and there play first base. And he's been, I think fantastic for the most part recently. He's yeah, you know, eh. but you know, if you saw G man Choi this last week, I know he's batting like, probably 170 but he's had some big spots i think that last game against the guardians he had like that clutch like mm-hmm. two rbi tie the game and then triolo came in i think he knocked in a couple runs but just having experience like that and uh leadership i guess you could say too because i think that's why g1 bay really took a step back because i thought 
in my opinion, that's why Choi was here to kind of be a mentor to him even, and, you know, bring him up. And I haven't seen Jiwon Bay play in probably two, three weeks. Like he hasn't even been in the conversation ever since he's been hurt. when Gonzalez came up. He's been hurt. Uh, yeah, oh, he's been right. yeah, he sprained his ankle. Yeah, but still, he hasn't. Before that, he wasn't. You know, he was scuffling that back air too. They had that two, you know, two week stretch with those younger guys, where it's flash in the pan. You know, Jiwonbe, Kyle Mitchell maybe had a couple RBI. You know, but that that's that's why it's called a flash in the pan. Mm-hmm. There for a second, it's gone, and that's what happens whenever you have to bring up these young guys that really aren't your top prospects, and they're probably quad A players. And you have the injuries, and it all piles on at once. You know, you can catch that momentum for a couple of weeks. And then when you come back down to earth, you come back down to earth. And when you're not calling up Henry Davis, Jared Triolo, Nick Gonzalez, who've been pretty solid, all of them, you know, since they came up, Triolo's batting defense especially have been pretty, pretty good. Um, you know, that's what's going to happen. This, this is the end result of that. So let's forget about those. I'm trying to just move through the week here. Let's forget about those two first ser- game of the series against the Guardians where they were outscored. I think it was like 21 to 1. And then yeah. they ended up picking up that win. I think they're down by four. It was like five one. I don't know. No, it was four four nothing maybe because Josh Bell hit that home run yeah. in the eighth to make it seven five. Yes. So Josh Bell, that I think that was just like a vengeance series for him. It seemed like he was he has like two home runs against us. Josh Naylor also like just yeah. had a fantastic series against the Pirates. Um, yeah, but you're playing. Bell trade looks horrid too. Even it's it, 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 that was just one of the that's probably right behind the Archer trade. You Will look Crow. back at that. Yeah. Will and Eddie Yeen. Eddie Yeen, I think, still in Greensboro. He's a grasshopper. Well, you know, he'll never play in the majors. Will, Will Crow's got DFA. Yeah. So, and the thing that gets me about that series is you're playing a team that can't score runs like yourself and doesn't hit home runs. They have significant, they're like last in home runs, like by significant margin. And that's how they beat you is with the long ball. I, I think every game they had at least two. I need, I know Naylor had two in the one game and uh, Bell might've had one in that game as well. So they just crushed you. Here's my yeah. thing. Their Vegas over under was what? 67 wins. Right now, they're sitting at 43 and 55. If they go 25 and 45, they'll have another 100 loss season. Do you see them winning more than 25 games in this last half? Okay. How so, many games are left? 70. 70 games. 70, 70 games. So they have to go 33, like 333. Three, three, uh, you know, like they'll, they'll have to win 26 games and lose 54 or 44. To not lose 100 games, they'll lose 99 games. Here's the thing. They lost, what, 100 or 101 last year. They're on pace to lose that again. They're not going to get their over total from Vegas, which was, was it 67 and a half? Yeah, that's, and I that's, bet on that. That's out of reach. Remember when I said like 80 or 90? Here's the thing. Here, here's the thing. <laughs> you want to see progress and you want to see them take steps forward. They're not. If anything, I think they've regressed. You can't yeah, say think, you can't say that they've stayed the same if they lose on another hundred hundred games because you have different uh, you have uh, prospects up here now you have guys that you know you want to see in the future I understand it's a it's a year without Anil Cruz again but like we discussed is he gonna you know win you thirty games I don't believe so he might so be, he might be the change in twenty games maybe but, but that's that's a stretch 
here's what I would say. The only progress they've made is uh, purely roster-wise. Not even looking at the numbers, just looking, not even looking at the record. Um, just like roster-wise. Last year, the absolute scrap they threw out there and lost 100 games. I'd rather have those players that are here this year playing last year and losing 120 or, you know, like 125 because at least you're getting those young guys experience. I know they might not be ready yet. That's probably a dumb idea, but you could say they make progress in actually bringing those guys up and, you know, trying to, trying to play for the future a little bit. So that, that's all I got. Cause you got guys like Ben Gamble, Josh Van Meter and, What's his name? Jake Marcinek out there, or whatever his name is. Like, like I get it, but then look at the rotation we could possibly have next year. Mm-hmm. Mitch Keller, Skeens, Johan, and what would you say? Would you say Priester? Um, because you can't say Tony whenever yeah, no. sign him. you can't say Contreras because he's a head case right now. But what's going on? Um, Contreras, Luis Ortiz, and Quinn Priester's velocity is all down from last year those three guys all three of those guys their velocity is down from last year what is going on with you know is is um the pitching coach is is that still cora are they focusing more on control than see that was the thing when when um garrett cole was up here and was our horse he even said that they wanted him to pitch the contact and that's not his strength if you're telling these guys that are able to mow guys down or get swings and misses to pitch the contact you're not they're not going to blossom they're not going to they're not going to flourish up here in the big leagues just because that's the um process you want them to go by yeah. like you you can't do that you can't you can't pound a square peg into a round hole Mm-mm. no no um hitting's been the real issue i think lately uh, whoever the hitting coach is, just get rid of them. Honestly, there's there's got to be something better out there. Uh, when your stars are not hitting, I know Andrew's saying like Reynolds and all them are hurt. You know, maybe give them a pass there, but it's got to be better. Uh, you know, it's okay if one guy in your lineup's in a slump, but like when all guy all nine guys up and down are just horrible. Like something's got to give. You know, like yeah. make a move, something like that. Like. Do something about it. I'm sorry. But you just want to move into the Angel series at this point. One second. Just want to touch on you said the hitting coach. Derek Shelton used to be a hitting coach. You would think that he would be able to, you know, see things as your manager, maybe step on some tones of or toes of uh who's it, Andy Haynes or something like that is our hitting coach. Mm-hmm. So like step on some toes, maybe you know, get your nose in there, not just be the 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 manager, but was he that good of a hitting coach? I don't know. I, I, no, I just... Andy Haynes was in Milwaukee, and he ruined Christian Yelich. Yeah. And now he's gone, and Yelich is doing better. So, I mean, it's been no surprise. Andy Haynes just is not a good professional coach. He can't have the team bunting, right, which is, I guess, what he's working on with them from what I've seen. That's, you know, whatever. I'm, I'm, I'm over Andy Haynes and Austin Hedges. Get them both out of here. Eric Shelton, too. Speaking Speaking of hitting, let's just move into, like I said, I'm moving through the week. Let's get game one against the Angels on Friday night, right? Friday yeah. night. Yep. So they faced what everybody, what most people say, the best player in the history of baseball, Shohei Otani, was on the mound. Um, 
I thought the game was going to go one of two ways. The Pirates usually pull something out of their behind whenever a pitcher or a guy comes up. So they're either going to shell them or just get, like, no hit. So luckily, they hit well against them. I'll say that. Um, I'd say the best hitter right now on the Pirates is no doubt Henry Davis. Can we all agree on that? Um, him or Triolo. Yeah. Triolo. Okay. Yeah. He's on what he was on like a 19 or 13 game hit streak. One of the two. Probably 13. 13. Because it ended yesterday. Well, I know it was 11 in the second game of the Guardian series. So 11, 12, 13. 13. Yeah. It'd have been 13. It ended yesterday. That'd 13 game. So, but yeah, go ahead. He's, he's hitting like, 380 as well so he i know it's a small sample size but you can't take that guy out of your lineup that's for no. sure he's your so most do when Hayes comes back hmm. he, he, utility player work him in a second yeah you kind of if he can um or put him out in right field put davis behind the plate and put uh andy rodriguez out there at first but he'll never do that because you know that makes too much logical sense eric yeah. shelton I mean, do you DH him maybe and mix out? I don't know. Who do you, who's the odd man out at that point? The outfield's kind of set. You got Sawinski, Reynolds, unless you want to give Reynolds an off day. You know, he's he's hurting. Give him an off day. Put Triolo out there somewhere. I don't know. Has Triolo ever played outfield? See, I know thing. he's. You start running into not his natural position, maybe committing some yeah. errors. It's tough. It is. And back to your point about the Shohei Otani game, I understand uh, they, they get out there against them big horses and they normally fold. It was good to see them pack on some runs, but it was mismanaged by Dar- Derek Shelton again. Um, and also, the only note I have on this game, if there is a case for selected games having juiced baseballs, this is this has to be one of them. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know how many home runs were in this game. Not just the Pirates, but what? Mike Mustakis just knocking them home, you know. There's multiple home runs. Everything was a loud baseball. I don't know, but if there's a case for juice baseballs, if you caught a home run on Friday night in Angel Stadium, get that ball tested, cut it open, uh, analyze it somewhere because it's most likely juiced. I don't know how they do it, but that's that's all I got on that. Sammy Sosa's having them name flashbacks right now. Don't look at my bat. Don't look at my bat. <laughs> So, but the biggest note is the Pirates breaking Shohei Otani, I guess. Specifically, Larry right. Davis, I guess. Two home runs against Shohei Otani. Never been done before, I don't think, in one game. Uh, Dan's probably saying, whoop de doo Who yeah. cares? Yeah. Break Shohei Otani. Shohei Otani, down game, Davis. It's two yeah. home runs. That's yeah. being looked at. Last night, he struck out. He was like, oh, yeah. for I, 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 I get that. But, I get um, that. He's got a lot going on right now with uh, you know the rumors of him yeah. being traded and this and that. So it could be in his head. But you got to uh, understand, he's going to have bad games too. Just because we haven't seen it all, nobody's ever done it. It does. It that's not a big feat to me because at the end of the day, you still lost eight to five. I gotta I gotta give Ryan one of these. You still lost his- eight to five. I, you- I didn't say like he. I said that's what people are saying. Yeah, I, I, I understand that. I, I understand. In that like, wasn't my like direct quote. I'm giving them that. I'll give them the. The only direct quote I have is if Ellie David LaCruz hits two home runs off show Tony, it's all over the place. Yeah. You know, it's all over Twitter. It's all over ESPN, Instagram, Twitter, everywhere. Henry Davis does it. What do you hear? Nothing. Yeah. Well, because look at the markets. 
you you Cincinnati you get what you, what you bigger than the Buccos, bigger than the Buccos. Not they, have than they have a lot of good young talent. They're so they're marketable for the MLB yeah. right now. That's why. And yeah, I understand like they hit they hit four off of Shohei, but you still lost. Yeah. It, the thing that hurts is they were they were solo shots. Except Sawinski, he had a two run shot. Mm-hmm. You you hit solo shots. That's that you're not putting up crooked numbers. You're putting up one. Because the thing is, they don't get ducks on the pond. No. You know. Yeah. There's no runners on base for them to hit more than a solo shot. That's mm-hmm. the problem. So I mean, guys that were on base in the beginning of the year, it was usually Kutch and G1 Bay a lot because G1 Bay that was before they figured out he was just going to bunt every time and just get to base because he's literally a human cheetah and Kutch was getting on because he, he was hitting pretty well but he also had that veteran eye where he was walking pretty often uh santana was very consistent too for the same reason veteran eye he was getting on base a lot but now who do you rarely see getting knocked in is henry davis you know he's the only guy that gets on base consistently and off chance that who santana hits him in because no one else is really hitting that well triolo might have hit him in um but that that's my notes on that first game. So that, that's it. Mental notes. I don't write things down. But yeah, bad loss. You know, if you score five runs, you should be able to win a game. Four is like the magic number, I think, in the MLB, yeah. right? Yeah. If you score four runs, you should be able to, you know, get the win. Yeah, but, but you, gotta, you gotta look at what Los Angeles did in the fourth inning. They put up five runs. You know, yeah, that's a crooked number. It's always number. the blow-up inning for the Pirates. And it too. always Oviedo specifically. It always starts with a walk, a walk or two. As mm. soon as you see him lose command, I don't care if it's in the fourth inning. You got to get somebody up. You got to go out there and you got to mm. talk to him. And it, I it think starts with Sheldon's a walk. Still living in, he's still living in May. He's still living in May, where we got those seventeen quality starts, and he's saying, "Oh, here comes that seven inning quality start." We probably haven't gotten one since, I don't know, Luis Ortiz went like eight innings maybe last month. That might have been the last quality start they had. And that's the problem. Look, I'm just going through like uh, looking at Oviedo, 3-11 and 11 on the year, which he's like your number two guy behind Keller right now. I, yeah. I think those are a little, you know. He's 3-11 and 11 with a 4-7-7 ERA. There's nothing skewed about that. Like a 4-7-7 ERA. You know, and then you look at how many how many walks you think he's had this year? Probably like thirty. Hundred and sixteen walks. Hundred sixteen. Oh, Hundred and sixteen. Right. He's only that's pitched be, in hundred and eleven no, innings. No. no, that can't be right. That's that's his MLB career. He already okay. has um forty six walks this year. Sixteen off. I was gonna say a hundred. <laughs> has he pitched a hundred innings? Like that's he's, almost two walks an inning, probably. You look at him, he has forty six walks. Luis Ortiz, who was up there, you know, he's up here. Two and three, 486 ERA. How many walks do you think he has this year? Because those young guys, they're walking quite a bit. 26 walks for Ortiz. How many innings small... pitched? How many innings pitched? Yeah. Um, Less than Oviedo, I bet. Yeah. 53 innings. And 26 walks? Yeah, that's yeah. not good. That's not good. That's not good. And I'm trying to think, who else would we want to even look at as a starting pitcher? I mean, Ronesy. I want to see Ronesy here real quick. I'm just going to go through some. That's just a mess. Don't even look at that. Yeah, I, I want to see this. I got to. Is gotta he on the Grasshoppers right now, or is he at? They 659 send... ERA, uh, 68 innings, 32 walks. They sent him to Florida. Yeah, they sent him to the 
complex. Yeah. Yeah. It's Isn't just... that just like uh protocol though, kinda at the same time? No. no. So normally whenever you send someone down, they're going from the majors to triple A. The indie, right? Like they sent Ronzi down there just like the Blue Jays did with Alec Manoa, because that's where you look at the delivery, you break down everything. They have, you know, they have everything there. And it's something with his delivery because he's healthy, but his velocity is down four or five miles an hour on his fastball. So something's wrong with his mechanics. And that's when you send them down to the, you know, the, like the Florida, was the Florida uh, Complex League yeah. FCL? Yeah. Florida Coast, yeah, whatever. They work on your mechanics there because whenever the players are coming into the system, they go there first to work on the mechanics before they go to, you know, single double before they move up the ranks. So they'll send them down there if something's really wrong with your mechanics and they're trying to fix it. Yeah. So his arm slots not in the right spot or he's coming open too soon. They'll break it all down for him. But yeah. is it too late for a guy like that? Uh, I would is, say, is it, is um, it, I'd say they're probably calling this season a wash and just, you know, getting them ready for next year, spring training. You know, they're going to work with them up until spring training or when pitchers and catchers report. And they're going to say, hopefully we get his confidence back. Hopefully we get him, you know, ready to go, looking good. I think it's more at this point for him, it's a mental block. Because last time I saw him in a Pirates uniform, he was crying on the bench. So, you know, a grown man in a child's game crying, that's a tough scene. That's a, you know, that's a big mental block he's got to get over now. Well, so. you, you go from being probably the number two guy behind Mitch Keller to getting shelled, to getting put in the bullpen, to getting shelled, to not even going to trip away, just getting, they were going to send him down, but uh, they were trying to give him innings up here, but then to now you're not even in the league right now, basically is the way to look at it. You went from the number two starter for the Pittsburgh Pirates to not even in the league right now. I think I think his confidence is shot. I don't know. I don't know if you can resurrect that at all. It After, depends who he is. You know, like I don't know much about him. Like, mm-hmm. you know, that's yeah. that's a very personal, you know, kind of thing to talk about. I don't know him. I don't know like his situation, you know, or how he's reacted to things like this before. So has he ever faced adversity like this before? Honestly, I don't know. That's what happens if you're a stud guy, wherever he's from. I don't know. Where's he from, Andrew? Do you know? Maybe like Dominican Republic yeah, or Cuba or something yeah. like that. Yeah. He's so if you're coming Dominican. out of a place like that, you're in a program that they bring you up through to the MLB and you're just that stud guy like all these years and you don't ever face any challenges or, you know, you know, you're always just like the prize horse. You're always the guy that's throwing you know, nine inning games or whatever, like all through the system. And all of a sudden you hit a big block like this in the majors. Maybe you don't come back from that. You know, I hope he does. Um, it just depends on the kind of person he is. I have no idea. That's, that's, that's more than a baseball thing. That's more of uh, just like a human kind of thing. You know, I, I don't know. It's how you, how you respond. Obviously he cares. You know, that's the biggest thing you see. If you see a guy emotional like that on the bench, at least he cares. That's bigger than just, you know, I want to make my money and I want to, you know, this and that, just get a paycheck, go home, have a nice house, nice car. It, he cares about winning. That's personal pride too. I guess you don't want to get shelled like that. You know, like I'm sure all, all three of us have pitched in a little league game at some point. I don't know if Dan did maybe, I don't know. Uh, 
one time I got to pitch like two innings. Did you want to get did you want to get shelled? No, I shut down the side. <laughs> exactly. So yeah. It, it's like anything. You draw from your experience with sports. You don't want to fail. Like anything in life, you don't want to fail. You don't want to be the worst. You don't want to there uh, we can't draw from experience like that. It's just like getting to the top of the company and being sent down to the lowest part again. You know, you, you just don't want that to happen. It's gotta be a bad feeling. Um, but I hope he comes back better. You know, like you got, I want to stay optimistic about it. Uh, but I think we're like, it's just wait and see till next year. I don't think we'll see him till next year. You know, we won't hear anything about him until February. Yeah. I'm, I'm reading these pirates pitching stats and I'm going to throw up. Sorry. <laughs> Yeah, it's I sickening. Just, I just started. I yeah. was like, uh, "Screw it!" Uh, so I peeked at Bednor. Yeah, he's your best pitcher, but look at the when you gonna use him. Exactly. And when you do, last night when I was watching, walk the first batter on four pitches. I think he hit the second one, and I think maybe he walked the third one and loaded the bases. Maybe or no, he got one out and then loaded the bases. Uh, that's a scary moment if you're. You know, and I don't think it's fan. to his fault though, because in the last thirty games they've used him four. Well, he has fourteen saves. Uh, I don't. Uh, he's pitched thirty-one innings in the last thirty games. Well, his last thirty games. So, I th- I think it's just a lack of use. But do you just throw him out there whenever it's on a save opportunity? No, I think it's but, rust, honestly. Yeah, yeah mm-hmm. it's just not. He's not fresh. He's not. Uh, in there every night or every other night or however you know getting save opportunities he's he's got the dog at him you know that but when you're not yeah. uh practicing your craft and honing in on your craft day in and day out yeah. and you're just pitching bullpens or you're just sitting out there spitting sunflower seeds because your team's down you know in two games to cleveland 21 to one it's not your yeah. fault you can't especially fight. like you got to be mentally locked in when it feels like your managers and you know I, i'm sure the other coaches they feel like hey the pirates are out of it like who cares if we win or lose if you're a guy in the bullpen like are you invested that much i know bednar probably grew up a pirates fan he's from the area and he's you know he's invested if if there's any pitcher that's invested in the team they play for it's probably him you know but it's got to be tough to just be put in situations like that when you don't play more than probably once a week at most. Yeah. Um, and you know, you, you can't expect, I know he's an all-star closer, but you can't expect him to, you know, have every save every game he's in, you know, there's going to be games where he might screw up. He might blow a save. It's going to happen. I think we saw it early in the year. So, you know, every game isn't going to be perfect. Every save situation, it ain't, ain't going to work out every time, but seeing him walk a guy on four pitches that is kind of concerning but um Andy Rodriguez he showed you know he's trying to get him to lock in he showed a little bit of leadership there you, you like to see that from him so uh luckily double played in the uh the game so uh that's the only note I got on that but Andy Rodriguez first career home run um the only thing on that though is I don't know why the guy threw the ball back. He should have probably tried to get like free tickets or at least like <laughs> a picture or something. I don't know. Um, but I think he's still batting like 150, but it'll come around. He's young, he's got to see pitches a little bit, but he's still better than Austin Hedges. Let's be honest. I don't care how many times he strikes out. 
What do you guys think? Yeah, he's he's gonna have his lumps. You know, he's young. I'd rather have he's him only than what twenty two, twenty one, twenty two. He's very young. Yeah, and well, no, the same amount of home runs is probably Hedges and Delay. Don't they each have one too? Yeah, and everybody's knocking him. Oh, he his defense. You don't hear anything whenever he you know they win. What did Hedges say some runs last night? No, that's just a bunch of BS. You bring them up, you gotta you, you gotta ride the wave. There's gonna be ups, there's gonna be downs, it evens out at the end of the day. That's all I'm and you I'm not mean to run. That's all I'm gonna say. Little little uh little poem there for Derek Shelton. Don't be a but jack. Reynolds stepped up last night, he had two hits. That's the other note I have. That's not he's making stepping con- up. He made contact. Yeah. I'm sorry, but you're paying him to be a cornerstone of this this team. Oh yeah, he's gotta do better. That's I'm not, not saying up. he's That's like just, bad or he's doing his part. Playing hurt, yeah, but we're not paying him to play the way he is now. No. If you're hurt, I'd rather have you sit out and get better than you know yeah. get worse. Yeah, because he's gonna, yeah, because he's gonna throw his back out or whatever's injured. He blows his leg out or he tears like an Achilles. Who knows where he's hurt? You yeah, know? This, this season's already done. It's a wash. Why? Hey, shut him down. Shut him down. That's why well, I, I'm, 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 I'm really. I'd be really surprised if O'Neill Cruz plays uh, uh, another game this year. I would too. Yeah, I, I'd be surprised if he plays at all. The, I heard, but the thing is, why would they have him even throwing at PNC if he's well, going to? The thing is, they're not going to rush him back. They want him to get these at bats. He'll be back later in the year to get at bats, and you, oh yeah, hundred percent he will. But they're not going to rush him. You know, they're not. There's no reason for them to rush him. You gotta get a mad batch. You can't have another whole lost year. It's gonna happen. So, I'm telling yeah, you. The way the way I'm, that this organization's ran. I'm shaving half your mustache. That's fine. But I'm telling you right now, the way this organization's ran, I you as soon as he was hurt, I said we won't see him again the rest of this year. Everyone's all like, right after the all-star break or all the beginning of August. It's not happening. I think like a couple weeks ago he still had a chance. Um I, I don't know. It's tough to tell. I think if they were still within five or six games, he would have been back like by the end of July. I'll tell like, you I think he's ready right now, honestly. No, if he's out there throwing, right he should be now, ready to go. Listening to the Pirates pregame, Greg Brown interviewed Derek Shelton and even asked, hey, what's the timetable on O'Neill Cruz? He said, we do not have a timetable on him. As soon as he starts uh, baseball activities and it doesn't, include throwing a ball and catching a ball then we'll get back to you on on a timetable but right now we do not have a timetable that was three days ago so tell me where you're even optimistic that he's going to step foot on that diamond again this year September. Pretty like hush hush about stuff like that always though so you never know i could feel i feel like they could be like yep he's playing next week or you know let's be honest dan are you going to believe anything that Pirates management says ever? Am I? Yeah. No. So, like, honestly, what's keeping in your mind from saying, hey, he could be playing next week? He's not playing next week. I'm telling the only reason I'm saying that so is you're because... you're starting to trust Derek Shelton now. No. What I'm saying, don't try, don't try to make me contradict yeah, I, myself I agree. here. I agree. Dan, yeah, Dan. Well, I'm, no, yeah, no. You are. No. You are. Look at his are. injury. Broke his ankle. Had to get surgery. I don't know if they put rods, pins, whatever in there. I'm not a doctor. I didn't do the surgery. But when you have an injury like that, you're not going to rush a guy that you can build a team around back just to get him at bats. 
when you know on what his floor is, we haven't seen his ceiling, and I understand that. You want to get him at bats and get him, you know, reacclimated to the the speed. But he's been out for how long? He played nine games. All right, what? Maybe May. He he's might have made it through April. I don't know. Right? He had forty at bats. Right? Nine games is all he played. So he had forty at bats. So why, that's April. Most. Why bring him back for another? I don't know. Fifteen games. Andrew, why? Get him something, honestly. Why? You know what? The, what? What? What are those fifteen games going to get him? Really? Re-animated to major league. Think Re- about this. Re- think about this. And he's about not this gonna, they're not going to do it. Go ahead. Fifteen games of experience for next year. If you're fifteen games better, that's that's the difference between making playoffs and not. You play nine games, correct? You have a whole off season after playing forty some games last year. Come okay. into the year looking forward to the year. You're going to have a good year. You play nine games. Uh-oh, three months out again. What's 15 games going to do for him whenever he's going to sit? He, he's going to go down to the Cuban League or whatever and play down there again like he did last year throughout the winter. So are they even going to let him do that? First off, second off, it's just an extended offseason. They, they, already, they already shut him down. I'm telling you. He's not. I, I will. And why would they have him even on the field throwing if they're like mine? They would have him not even traveling with them then. Get your hopes up. Why why would they do that? It just seems like if they shut him down, they wouldn't even be having him travel with them, honestly. You would still travel. You'd still do baseball activities, but you're not going to Brian Hayes been? I haven't seen him at all. He's he's got back spasms. He's got back spasms. So why isn't he's going to be back before Cruz? Why isn't he traveling with the team, man? This is his dad's not happy with the team. That, that was a lie, actually. Whoever reported that, that's that's got to be a jag of the week candidate. Like, he's a permanent jag of the week. Honestly, if you're a Pittsburgh reporter that's probably obsessed with the Pirates like he is, and they want to, you know, him them to be the best team and you know make the playoffs and turn the franchise around, why are you reporting that without like? strong sources from where this information has come from and that's got to be embarrassing for cabrian hayes to literally comment on that and say i don't know where this came from and like literally just tear down any statement you've reported on i've truly spent too much time talking about this shit team today yeah well that's all we got 50 minutes minutes in that's all we've talked about yeah what else do we got to talk about no i agree I would rather talk about well, any adult stuff too at the beginning. Yeah, we yeah, did. but you can only, you can only beat a dead horse so much. Oh, it's been dead. You ain't resurrecting yeah, this horse. It's been dead since you, what? Okay, ninety-two. So listen to this. Did you <laughs> expect it to be that way? I told yeah. you guys. I warned you. I said the dog days of summer are coming. Yeah, like get ready. And now we're sitting here like we didn't think this would happen. We should. I expect it better from Andrew. At least Dan knew. Me and Dan know it. Andrew's like surprised. Uh, I'm surprised that we're talking about. I'm surprised we're going like so in depth on them. You you know why? Because it shows that we are passionate about it. Yeah, our Pittsburgh sports. We're we're passionate about it. We are. I'm still gonna watch them. I'm still gonna like live for that. It's a lot like golf. It's to me. It's like golf. I'm going to go out there, and if I have the worst round of my life, but that one time I hit a drive right down the pipe, like 50 yards from the green, that's what's going to keep me coming back. And the, perf- the perfect examples yesterday, the Pirates win, you know, Bednar has the bases loaded, 
and they have an electric double play to win the game. That's what gets me coming back. Henry this Davis is, two home runs against Shohei Otani. That's what has me coming back. Andy Rodriguez hits his first career home run. And he's cheesing at the end of the game with his translator, you know, saying what he's saying. That's what has me coming back. This is this is where I'm at in the summer when the magazines we'll we'll next week. We'll, we'll, we're gonna start talking football next. Oh week. yeah, season two. We got football next week. I'm saying I cannot wait for football. I cannot Alex wait for Highsmith. Alex Highsmith resigns, but with the Steelers. Seventeen. Am I the luck charm. I saw him at Oakmont Bakery two weeks ago, and he signs for what 50, 50 million. Well, what what did what did you see him order? Because that could have been an indication of how what was that juice I was telling you about the green juice or whatever. Where's my some sort of green kale, kale kale juice? Yeah, it was disgusting. So, so I saw a couple different um, reportings on what matcha. he signed for matcha. Yeah. He, what was four year extension for? 40 some million but then i saw it was a seven-year deal for 70 million like do you do we know the numbers on it because i try an option somewhere in there i I bet there's like a team option i saw three different reports on but it was was all different years and numbers it was four years 68 million so 17 million a year and i think like 29 of that's guaranteed yeah so after some like after his current deal right right now because he's still at a year or two on his current deal correct no, he was going to be free agent after this year. Okay, so this okay that doesn't kick in until next year. Okay, yeah. okay. So it's it's typical Steelers. They don't do anything during the season. Correct. Like we saw right with Deontay, they didn't do anything with him during the year. So they're getting that out of the way now, so you don't have to worry about. That's a very Steeler thing to do, you know, well, before or after the season. We don't do that while we play. We're focused on football while we play. We're not focused on how much money Joe Schmo over there is making. We're not focusing on, you know, his or her whatever paycheck or where this money's going where. We're focused on football. You know, that's what we're focusing on. And the big difference between Kevin Colbert and Omar Khan is Colbert would take this into training camp where, you know, you'd see TJ Watt did his holding. He does them before training camp, so there's no distractions. So yeah. that's one thing. That's another big thing I like about Omar Khan. He gets it done before training camp. That way there's none of these distractions. The guys get paid pretty good deal all things considered because Highsmith is a very good you know like they're saying batman and robin you know yeah. he's for what he brings to the team and how he plays that i think was a pretty fair deal to both sides i saw some people complain and that's an overpay and i think it was either mueller or philipponi was complaining they're putting so much money into this defense when it's an offensive league look what they're doing with their draft look what they have on offense Pickett, rookie contract pickens Rookie contract. Fryermuth, rookie contract. Najee Harris, rookie contract. Broderick Jones, rookie contract. Offensive line. Yeah. Also, unless you're a very, say, talented top three quarterback, most teams that are be successful have that quarterback on a rookie deal, or else you're going to start giving up stuff. Like, look at the Bengals. They're starting to give up a little because, you know, Joey B is going to be starting to make out money. That's, you know, we saw with the Chiefs, Patrick Mahomes is elite, but, you know, they lost Tyree Kill. There's just certain things you got to give up if you want to start quarterback. I don't think Pickett's going to ever get that much money. Maybe we'll see. I don't know. I wish him the best, but I don't, I, I think his ceiling's Joe Flacco still. Yeah. I'm doubling down on my comment. Joe Flacco won a Super Bowl. But yeah, Joe Flacco, he's no slouch. But, but to reiterate your uh, point there about on rookie deals, that's when, because there's the salary cap mm-hmm. league. That's how you have to win championships. 
unless you have a player like Tom Brady who takes a hometown deal to stay with the Pats. He still made his, but he didn't make as much as he could have because he wanted to win championships. And that's and sometimes that's what, happened, you know, yeah. But that's sometimes that's what you have to do. Uh, you, you, you can't just be like, well, I want to be the highest paid quarterback and still think that you're going to win Super Bowls whenever they can't be able to build a team around you. Mm-hmm. I like the the extension for Highsmith because there's a few things that are important in this league, and that is quarterbacks and getting after the quarterback. Mm-hmm. We know TJ Watt can't stay healthy through a 17-game season. So if you would let him go next year and not sign him, um, I mean, you could yeah. franchise him and this and that, but he's a very good 1B. You call yeah. him a 2 when, when, when uh, TJ's there. But he, I think he played just fine when TJ was out for, what was it, nine games, seven games, nine games. Mm-hmm. So you have a guy who knows the defense, can play um, the other side from TJ, but if TJ's out, he can he could be the number one. And... The big thing I like about him was he wasn't a big recruit. He, you know, he, he was almost told no a lot, and he wants to prove it. So he proved Even in it. College, yeah, not just he, he he walked on in college, mm-hmm. so he proved it, and he's still proving it. He he's making his money. I think I think that it that it was a very very good signing. Just get it out of the way. Don't let it get in the training camp or camp. Don't let it be a distraction in Latrobe. Like, uh, I wouldn't say TJ's was a distraction, but it kind of was because they're like, well, he's doing all the individual stuff. He's not doing the team stuff. Like, what is this? Why is he getting all the, the main reps in the individuals? But now I got to play the one uh, in, in in the team drills. So I, I, I like the, the, the extension. Yeah, I, I, I agree. 100%. And I'm getting jazzed up talking about Stellars now. Yeah, I'm excited. Ooh, Stellars, uh, college football, I can't, I can't. I, I feel wait. like this is the year the roster comes together, you know? Like I said before, we got the we had the Ferraris and we had the Corvettes. Now we got, you know, we got the diesels now. We got the Mack trucks. We got the killdozers. Um, we got the tanks. I like I like it. I like it. We got, Keep uh, it name another big vehicle, Dan. We got the dump trucks. Yep. We got the Kubota Bacos. We got the tractors, um, got the wheelbarrows. We got the cement mixers. We got the concrete mixers. I like that's it. all. I, I like it. We got yeah. the four by four. We got the all new twenty three right. Chevy Silverado crew cab. Right, a real truck, not a Jeep Gladiator. Yeah, it's a Jeep truck. <laughs> you wouldn't understand. You walked right into it. Come on. I don't care. I got to prove nothing on my hauling skills to you guys. There's nothing you can haul. I bet a good hauler doesn't talk about his hauls. You know? Good haulers do. Those are, those are trucks. Yeah. hauler handbook. There's stories right there. A good yeah, hauler just, just like fishing stories. Post his haul. Just like a fishing story. It was this big. A humble hauler. That's why you hold the fish like out real far yeah. so it looks bigger. All right, we're an hour in. You want to get into your jag? Yeah, who else got one? Anybody? No? Okay. Well, I do got one. Okay. Starting off, um, Andrew can attest to this. Whenever I play basketball, I'm not the type to talk trash or anything like that. Or, you know, get into, like, little scraps or anything like that. Andrew can attest. 
I'm a very uh, casual player. Um, but I ran into one on Saturday. First time playing with somebody. Uh, it's kind of a physical place we play, so as expected. But the first time playing with somebody, um, and like I call foul when I get hacked, someone like jumped under my feet. I had no place to land, like full arm. And then like I, I was just like, yeah, stays here, like foul. And he's like, bro, that wasn't a foul, and started like basically arguing balls and strikes. So first things first, like if it's the first time playing with you, like don't be an a-hole kind of thing, you know? And that kind of deal. So I guess you could attest to that. So the next time down, I backed him down under the hoop. I gave him a couple more dribbles to like assert the dominance. I never talked trash. So I score the hoop. I slap the ball out of the net and I go, there's your foul. Now go fetch. <laughs> so that, so that was that I never do that. And everyone was like, like that. Cause I'm usually pretty quiet there where I play. And they're like, dang, like that. We didn't expect that like kind of deal. Like I never did. But like, if you're going to be an a-hole, like first, like usually if it's someone I know, like I know Andrew will argue with me sometimes playing but that's as expected. Like we've had our moments, especially sometimes recently too. Like they'll argue a foul here and there, but that's okay because we've played before. We know each other. But if I don't know you and you're arguing like balls and strikes and pick up basketball, like when I first meet you, you got to like earn my respect or else I'm going to try to clown you at some point. So you're a jag for that. I did steal the ball from Ryan and he called a foul on me about a month ago. I was pretty, uh, I wasn't happy about it. Was it clean? It no. was clean. It was clean. It was clean. So when I cross over and your whole arm is across my body like this, basically like a clothesline. Did he hit no, you? No, not that one. I ran a shoulder, whole arm. No. That's Ryan was bringing the ball up. I came up behind him, tipped it from behind. He said I ran into him. Picked his there grapes. Was, there, was, there was some people saying it wasn't a foul. Some saying it was. It was that 50-50 ball. I wanted my, I wanted my bragging point. You know, I'm I usually when it's a ball. You know, not as good as Ryan, obviously. You know, I can admit that. I'm a post player. Ryan can go inside, outside. But, you know, when, when the big man steals the ball from the guard and then the guard calls the foul, that's, uh, you know. Yeah. But the thing is, whenever you have the ball in your hand that much, I get those calls. Like, I get those calls. No, you're not getting no. that one. No. No. Yes. No. 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 And the best was this Thursday. Andrew was, like, playing the bottom of a 2-3. He comes running out on me, trying to distract me. I still knocked it down in his eyes. What I do? What I do? Two possessions later. I don't know what. Came down on a fast break, crossed your boy up at the top, step back, pull up three, <laughs> bang. Not on me though. I shouldn't even guarding the zone up there. That was on the wing. <laughs> so back to your point about your jag. Yes, if you're going to, has he ever been there? Did anybody know no, him? Like, first first time, time he's been there. Anyone anybody anybody so if you're showing up to a new place to play any sort of pickup basketball whatever it is you don't almost act like you're a ref out there you you, you hey okay i fouled you maybe the next time you'd give them one or you know you wouldn't call it if it mm -hmm. you know if it, it was you know nickel and diamond don't be nickel and diamond people but yeah if he fouls you call it but if you want to make a scene about it you're a jag you, you have no leg to stand on yet because it's your first time there. Get in with the guys, you know, you know make some friendships and, and, and get, get some respect, give some respect, and, and then you'll go from there. But if you just want to start arguing right off rip, 
Nah, you're a jag. I totally agree with you. If it's your first time there, you get a reputation. Yeah. Like the next time you're gonna be like, hey, like I don't want to play this guy, or like I don't want this guy on my team, or you know, I'm gonna be a little more hesitant talking to this guy, even on the sideline. Like, yeah, maybe I don't like you as much. So guys like that, I do give them like a second chance. Maybe they're having a bad week, or you know. But I don't know. It just rubbed me the wrong way. If I play somewhere for the first time, I usually keep my mouth shut when I'm playing. Like I'll talk to people, but I'm not gonna be like yelling foul or like telling people this or that or which I usually already don't do, but it's just kind of a rub the wrong way. And that's like one of my biggest pet peeves is when someone first plays and doesn't like give a certain degree of respect to people that they haven't met before, Mm -hmm. especially in that kind of setting. So um, I have been tested at this place before. So like uh, quite frequent, I it's, I always have to earn my respect when I play wherever I go. I usually don't look like a guy that can play a little bit, but you know, like I'm decent. So like Andrew said, but had to give a little guff, had to step up for myself. I'm more like, you know, Lambeer and the bad boy Pistons kind of mixed together. Like, you know, I'm not coming out of the paint. You come in, you're, you're, it's like, uh, what was that movie of Ben Stiller? And, uh, was it along came Polly, the basketball? Yep. Who's the actor that passed away? Philip Seymour Hoffman, you know, the basketball scene where like he has his shirt off and Ben Stiller goes up and he just gets a face full of sweat. And it's like, oh, yeah, up. yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I, the shirt's on, but you come in there, you're going to be at your office. You know, a couple of times, like people lower their shoulders and try and get the foul call. They'll, I'll just stand there. You know, they bounce right off me. They're still calling foul. You know, what are you doing? You're, you're entering the danger zone. You come in the paint. Dan knows that. Yeah, that's the office down there. You don't you don't mess around. Now. That's that's big Andrew boy. That's I'm big a, boy I'm a combo guy. Like Andrew's seen me get mad. I'll run someone over if I if you're smaller than me, I'm gonna run you over. If you're bigger than me, I'm usually faster than you, and I'll run around you. But Andrew's seen me run into some people and just go right at them. Yeah, yeah. No, hey, my nickname wasn't Hacksaw for any reason. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, I don't really foul, so. Hmm. Hey, when there's pickup and there's no five fouls and you're out. Whew. I'll give you five hard ones, Coach. I'd like, if I had, like, a men's league team, I'd get Dan just to put him in there to, like, hack someone up real yep. quick and come back out. Yeah, I'm I'm getting flagrants. That's the problem. You're teaming me up and I'm getting tossed. Uh, it's just a mentality. I didn't play basketball, but it wasn't – physical enough i guess and I, I i wanted more contact i remember playing in that three-on-three tournament for uh sammy smith and me james and i can't remember who else but we were playing and we played up ended up playing kids from freeport i remember tyler singer was on that team but i can't remember who else and uh, somebody picked my grapes and i just basically bear hugged them took them to the ground it's just a something <laughs> clicked i'm it's like, not like, I'm like i just gotta grab team. them you know but it's it's not physical, but it's like an irritating level of physical because yes. you can you have to know how to be physical. There's a line because you can't foul to like you yeah. know like I could back you down and yeah. you're gonna feel bad about it. Yeah, but you can't wrap me up and throw me no. down. You know, no, like you the, really want to. Yeah. But if, oh yeah, if I, I did. If I have my wide base going and I'm backing you down, like. I'm like, people are going to get mad about that. And they can't drag you down by your neck. They can't grab you by whatever and pull you down. You know, I remember playing in gym class and I ended up getting a board and somebody, 
I don't I can't remember if it was Jason McCarthy or somebody was there, like and tried to get it. And I just took the elbow. Yo, boom. Get out of my way. Hit him with an elbow. That and he wanted to cry one. about it. I was like, whoa, don't cry about it. This is my office. That first tournament, I got into it with somebody, I think. I forget me from Apollo, where it's like Ryan's situation. They called a foul where I blocked them. It was clean. I, you know, I call my fouls. You know, it's a gentleman's league. Call my fouls. You know, it was clean. They call a foul. I'm like, you know, that just flipped the switch. I, yeah. I was pissed off. So then they try doing all these fancy moves. They pull up from three. I block it. It goes about 10 feet. And I came down and I just shoved him right in the chest. I said, was that one clean or not? You know, I was, you know, I, I'll get in your face if you, you, you pull that crap. See, that's the that's- thing with basketball. It's like you did everything right to block the kid. And then he wants to call a foul because he's embarrassed because you little man him. So now it pisses you off because he calls a foul and yeah. all right, they're going to agree that it's a foul. And then you got to go do it again. It just, yeah, it just gets you, gets you hot. Oh, yeah. That's yeah. Uh, you learn like things to do that are kind of like mentally, like you can throw people down by their necks, but you can mentally throw them down by their necks. You no, know, physically you can pull the chair from them. Oh, you physically. know, they're trying to box you out. You step out of the way. My favorite thing to do. I have two things. If you know the guy can't like shoot the ball worth a lick, and they're like one of those guys who just dribbles but to nowhere. I usually just stand straight up and just like watch them. <laughs> like everyone just laughs or they get the ball and you know, they're going to shoot. I just like walk away and just leave them wide open. There's nothing more demoralizing. And I could say from experience, if you're having a bad day shooting and no one comes out to guard you and they just like, look at you, not even move, you know, everyone just stands there and you miss, you're not making another shot the rest no. of the day. You know, they might not even pass to you to take a shot. It's you played the mental game so well. I couldn't. I just short fuse too too much of a short fuse. Oh, that's what I, when we play intramurals. I was I had one the other I, day. Yeah. I was unhinged. I was like the Kenny Powers of intramurals. The one time we were in a tournament, and the one ref was we knew him. He was messing with us, and we were getting hosed. Uh, Mike Poitens from Apollo goes down, gets his legs taken out. He doesn't call a foul. They call a foul on the other end. That wasn't a foul on on me. I went ballistic. I flipped off every official in the gym. Like I looked them in the eyes, flipped them off. I got he was laughing. I got teed up. Oh, it was I was like unhinged. That was back in the day. Yeah, it was like Kenny Powers coming out from the uh, bullpen. Yeah, yeah. It was like you need a little bit of energy like that. You need a little bit of that. Yeah, it's a mental game. There's certain little jabs you can take that they add up by the end. That it feels like you've been thrown down emotionally yeah who was the who was the guy played uh, what was his name zaza Pachulia. Pachulia. yeah that's like my game like just run under people's ankles i just i don't run under people's ankles because mine are bad and you know you don't mess with people's you know don't do that sh- shit but like you know coming into the game you come in you just rough someone up a little bit you stir the pot a little bit you know you just you know you just start messing with people that's what i like to do i'm not I'm not fast by any stretch of the imagination. I can't jump, you know. I'm a big body. I don't need I don't need the height. I can bully somebody down, you know, a little hook shot, get them a little stare down, you know, mess with them a little bit. Is Ryan, would you say his game is like a Grayson Allen? Mm. Um, no. All right. You I can't really compare it because it's to, like casual. Unique. I'll have to come up and play run uh 
my Sleesburg with you. One of these days. Let me know. Yeah. Next time we're out there, we will. All right. Yeah, well, that's Youngzer Season 2, Episode 1. Um, next week, training camp starts, so we'll have more football to talk about, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. Um, yeah, big things coming. Year 2, we're underway. Steeler football, Super Bowl champs, 2024, right? Don't. Don't. I'm, I'm cutting you off there. See you. Super Bowl champs, 2024. Nope. Stanley Cup Are- champs.